Jersey. Present. Esker, here. McKinney. Here. Rummel. Present. Revere. Here. Wood. Here. Godwin. Present. We have a quorum. We're in session. Follow our usual procedure, which is to spend a moment reviewing the agenda, then adopting a consent agenda, and we'll take it from there. So, to properly get us started, I'll start asking for which items, 1 through uh, 22, you want separation on. I know that we'll have separation on 23 and 24, 22, 22 23, and 24. So what other items would we like separation on, please? Let's start. Yes. Uh, two, uh, nine, ten, and then the block of 11 through 14, they all... 11, 12, 13, 14. Okay. Any other items? The pre will cover it. That case. Thank you very much. We'll have a motion now uh, to suspend the rules and take up the balance of the agenda, which would be <coughs> 1 through 8 and 15 through 21. So moved. Is there a second? Um, second. On suspension, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Didn't Alder McKinney pull two? I'm sorry. Two yes, two. Oh, yes. sorry. Uh, so, yeah, two. The items we're acting on are one, three, three through eight, eight. Yeah. Okay. 15 yeah. through 21. Okay. Try it one more time. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. We suspended the rules to take those items up. Now motion to adopt them according to their report. Alderman DeVere. Thank you. I move to adopt the following items. Uh, agenda items number one, three through eight, and 15 through 20. 21 is an informational item that does not require a motion. Thank you. Second. Motion is second. Discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We will now start with the rest of the agenda. Uh, we'll take up item number two. Is there a motion, please? Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. There is. Discussion. Hold on again. Thank you very much. Um, I had a question for number one. It says the Handbook Committee on Employee Relations. And there was a legal opinion from Patricia, Patricia Lutton. Lutton. Lutton, thank you. And um, I'd like more. Okay, there's no one there. So um, just a confirmation on what that meant, because the legal uh, memorandum says, um, as we discussed in greater detail below, the remaining outstanding items are beyond the scope of the CER's duties. So could you say more to that? I was just kind of, just a clarification. I just was confused as that. Sure. Um, when we met with the employees and meet and confer, uh, we initially agreed to some items and we were unable to reach agreement on other items. And there were some items specifically that we couldn't reach agreement on that um, the associations wanted to pursue. 
and we asked uh, Patty Lawton, the Deputy City Attorney, to give us her opinion on whether those were in the, within the jurisdiction of the Committee on Employee Relations. And she did opine an opinion that said that she did not think those items were in, within the jurisdiction of the Committee on Employee Relations. And so what was the deposition? What was the, um, the follow-up? Well, three of the items, there were five outstanding items, and three of the items dealt with the personnel rules. And that the personnel um, uh, board has jurisdiction over. So the Committee on Employee Relations couldn't act on those. And the associations withdrew those issues from the meet and confer process. The other two uh, issues are at the Healthcare Exploratory Committee and a dedicated benefits person. And we're continuing to meet and confer with the associations on those two issues. Further discussion? Seeing none, on the question of adopting the report on two, all those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Thank you very much. Item number nine, can I have a motion, please? Move adoption. Is there Second. a second? There is. Uh, on nine. So on nine, um, I had a question. It said a three-year contract on Centris and um, with an option of a two-year, one-year referral. And I was wondering, is that the was that the sole supplier? Is that why? Yes, this this was Could the you only. Say more about that. Sure, me? this was the only respondent to the RFP, and we tried several times to get more respondents, but this was the only vendor who decided to participate um, in the process. And because of that, you just kind of anticipated to hold on to this vendor since they did. Well, that's our typical contract, is that we'll do a three-year contract with two one-year renewals. Yeah, that answers my question. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 10. Alderman here. Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. There is. Uh, Alderman McKinney. Okay. Um, on this one, it does say the reimbursement of legal fees. And then there's a statement that says, um, whereas Mr. McManus has um, I right, prevailed in the proceedings before the ethics board. Um, what, what, does that, what does that mean? Okay. When a city employee um, is charged with some kind of misconduct, we have an obligation to uh, to defend and uh, protect that employee sure. if they should prevail, if they should win, yep. if it turns out that they acted appropriately. And so um, what happens is first the determination has to be made, was their conduct uh, within the scope of their, their job? Did they act appropriately? And if that's the case, well, we make them whole in regards to any fees, any costs that they incurred uh, defending themselves. The city attorney is here, and you can elaborate on this some more uh, if necessary. And so uh, my follow-up question is that with the complainant, um, since, they're, since Mr. McManus um, prevailed, is what happens to the um, complainants? It, is well, this is, an interest, this is an interesting case. Um, Mike, um, what happened in this instance is the individual brought a petition before the ethics board. 
And actually, uh, it was our determination that uh, this was not a question of ethics. It was a question of proper management, which is an administrative matter. But we had no control over the fact that they chose an ethics complaint. So, Mike, do you want to take it from there? Sure. Um, so the matter was brought before the Ethics Board. After several hearings, the Ethics Board found, in fact, that, as the mayor said, these are really not ethics complaints. These may be complaints about management, um, and therefore we have no jurisdiction. Um, Mr. McManus hired an attorney to defend himself in front of the board. Uh, the law provides for those fees to be reimbursed. City attorney can't represent him when I'm there representing the ethics board at the same time and giving them advice. Um, so that's what this resolution does. Uh, still remaining, which I've just started upon uh, again since the ethics board was uh, resolved, is an investigation the mayor asked me to do to find out exactly are there management issues or anything that might involve administrative action that the mayor might want to take as the supervisor of the employee here um, uh, for these things that aren't ethics violations but may or may not be some other violations. So we're still doing that, that last part. Okay. And I feel an obligation that if somebody brought these complaints, um, we should have been brought to my attention originally as Greg McManus' supervisor, uh, even though the party who brought the complaint and took it to ethics never brought it to my office, I feel there's an obligation to uh, continue uh, examining the matter and uh, to, one, determine if there's any wrongdoing, and secondly, then based on the conclusions, to act appropriately, and that would mean if there's any violations of the city administrative codes and rules to uh, take appropriate action, and if there are not, to in effect clear Mr. McManus' name. And so as a follow-up question, I, I understood the um, making him whole. I understood that point. And I was leading into um, when all this is said and done, the complainant is... Um, is also made whole. Is there uh, the complaint is filed, and if you find that uh, it had no basis to it, does that impact the employee who filed the complaint initially? No, it doesn't. And there's no provision. There's no provision uh, for the city to reimburse them for any of their costs or expenses in bringing the action. So we are not asking the employee to pay for these costs. Follow final follow up question is is that um, uh, after all of this is, is said and resolved in whichever way it's going to be resolved, there will be no penalties for the um, employee who filed the complaint initially? Correct, correct. Is I mean that there's correct? no that there's a very strong policy in the city that there, there can't be any retaliation against someone who brings these kind of uh, complaints uh, for bringing the complaints. That's, they're protected on that ground. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to hear in the record. Thank you. Further discussion on item 10? Seeing none on the question, which is adoption. All those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. Item 11. Is there a motion? Move adoption. Is there a second? Second. Thank you. Uh, Over McKinney on 11. So on 11, 12, 13, and 14, I grouped those together, 
and um, were they referred, or I didn't see a, uh, a notice that they were referred to the ADA Transit Subcommittee, uh, to the Transit and Parking Committee. Is that a process that uh, was not followed or it did not have to be followed, or if you can tell me? I don't, I'm here, but I don't think I can really answer the question. I'm not quite sure if there is a policy to refer the, these to the ADA subcommittee. I know these are contracts that are recurring. They've, we've had them in effect for many years. I don't even know how many years. So I would have to ask if I would have to ask what the uh, what the, I know that they will get presented to the um, Transit and Parking Commission, but as far as going to the ADA, I'm not, I don't know. So as a follow-up, um, I sit on that committee, and since all of these refer to uh, the ADA Transit Subcommittee, and that committee was... I won't say overlooked, it didn't come before that body. So I wanted to know what that process was, so at least that they could, since they are involved, so that they could get a look-see as well. Um, and my concern is, is that we've got these committees set up, but we want to make sure that they are actively engaged. And in, in 11, 12, 13, and 14, I didn't see where they were actively engaged. I'll make sure I pass that along to Chuck and also our um, paratransit manager. And I apologize. I just don't know the answer myself. But I'll make sure that, you know, I, I ask them about that. And, you know, if I'm sure Chuck will respond. Thank you. Further discussion on the question, which is adoption? Yeah. Alderman Rommel. I just wanted to suggest to Alder McKinney if she thought they should be referred, we could still do that if that was something you thought should go before those that body these items. So can I do it at this? What is, no, I, what, is, really what is the process? What is the process? Mike would know. Um, well, someone tell me the process. My recollection is that a committee cannot refer to another committee. But so at the council, when it comes up, it would have to go to the council meeting, and then at that time make a referral. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Alderman Revere. Thank you. Before you get up, Wayne. Oh, sorry. I presume you don't know when the next meeting of the subcommittee is, Alder. I know the Transit and Parking Commission schedule, but I don't know what the uh, paratransit subcommittee's schedule is, I'm afraid. Again, do, do you know older person McKenney? No, we had uh, been having some you meet monthly with the uh, forum, but that should be resolved now. So I don't have it on my calendar when the next meeting is. But I, I know it won't be before the, the next uh, council meeting. Okay. And then should I have Chuck respond to the Board of Estimates on these questions? or? Well, certainly to older person McKenney. Just okay. At least... My, my next question is, uh, and maybe everyone, several of you can answer this, but what, what TPC meeting would this be placed on the agenda for? 
I guess it's this one coming up in um, two weeks. What's the date of that? It's uh, they're always on Tuesdays, so it'd be the second Tuesday of um, December. Okay, so not until December thirteenth then. So this one, this one, be going to the council till January then. The reason I was asking is I was just wondering if there was any necessity for these annual resolutions to be adopted by the council prior to the end of the calendar year. But it sounds like not that I'm aware of. They've gone. I know that there's been negotiations with the county that have dragged on well into the year that the services are being provided before. So I, I, I'm not aware that there's a requirement. It's because I know that we haven't had contracts in place in prior years. All right. Yeah, so if, if you could also loop in the council leadership yep. to the response so that we, as a reminder, we can get this on the council agenda then for our next meeting next week, but simply to refer this to the subcommittee as an additional referral. It's Monday next week. If I I'm sorry. I didn't mean our meeting. I meant uh, if you could include in the email to older person McKinney, copy myself and older person Rummel, just if for no other reason to remind us to place these items on the council agenda for next Tuesday, simply to add the subcommittee as an additional referral, unless your colleagues at Metro can explain why that wouldn't be appropriate in the, in the communication to us. Does that make sense? I didn't mean the meeting with yeah. your, your honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah if, if there's no problem in yeah. adapting it. In general, yeah, and any, time, any timeliness issues, please, yeah. All right. if Chuck and company could comment on that as well. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne. Certainly. Thank you. Further discussion? Okay, this is on 11. We have a motion then to refer it to... Uh, to, to adopt. To, to adopt. Or an additional report of estimates, and then we'll take care of the referral at the council meeting. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. Can I have a motion? Pardon? Uh, okay. No, no, we need a motion on 12 and 13. And for, I, I would move adoption of 12, 12 through 14. 14. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. Further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor, aye. 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 Opposed, no. Motion carries. And I'll see what we can do between now and the next council meeting if there's any chance of getting some answers. Thank you. Are we ready? Okay, that takes us to 21. No, 22. Third quarter revenue and expenditure review. Move, move to accept the report. Is there a second? Second. We'll also cover 23, so if you want to move that, we can. Can we do 23 okay. in the same motion? Then the same motion, I'd move to accept the report 22 and adopt the substitute resolution item 23. Thank you. Second. So we have, um, uh, we'll walk through the third quarter projection. Um, based on information through um, September, might also have some of it through October, kind of step through revenues and expenditures, and then we'll talk about the, um, the year-end appropriation and the adjustments that we need to make associated with that. So, uh, so just uh, highlights quickly. Um, we're projecting right now that we'll have an, um, a surplus of actual expenditures compared to budgeted of about $840,000. Most of that is in uh, the snow and ice removal budget. We've had, in effect, a mild winter at the beginning of 2016, and we're continuing that, as you can see, looking outside um, a mild winter so far yet this year. Um, and that projection assumes we would have four more 
snow events between now and the end of the year. So that savings number could get even higher depending on what happens. Um, we're also seeing some benefit savings resulting from vacant positions and from um, uh, health insurance costs being lower than budget, and that could be because of what employees chose in terms of their um, actual plans versus uh, what we uh, budgeted. Uh, on the revenue side, uh, right now we're about a little under $400,000 um, above budget compared to um, uh, original estimates. A lot of that is coming in the fines and forfeitures area, uh, and particularly in uniform citations, and that's really that one uh, property owner who made a large settlement um, with the city and has been paying um, off year, years' worth of fines. Now, that's offset to some degree by room tax being showing some slower growth than um, what we estimated in the budget, and um, building permits also uh, growing at a still growing but at a slower pace than what we uh, had projected. Our intergovernmental revenues are up slightly um, compared with budget estimates. That's primarily in the recycling aid area where there was some legislative adjustment by the state uh, legislature. Um, and uh, in our fire dues payments that are um, based on uh, insurance premiums. And then we got a TIF equity payment in TID 32 associated with the University Square Lucky Project. It should have been paid in 2015. Uh, it was budgeted there, but um, was paid in 2016 instead. So just you can see the specifics on this page with the uh, revenues. Property taxes will come in pretty much right on targets. The room taxes that are down, that slight additional positive variance under property taxes and room taxes is um, more um, interest and penalties money associated with the four installments for property taxes. Uh, pilots are down slightly. That's primarily the um, amount that we'll get from the water utility pilot. I talked about intergovernmental revenues and fines and forfeitures. Charges for services, pretty much um, right on target. Uh, we do have some positive numbers there with um, ambulance um, conveyance fees. Uh, miscellaneous is where the TID equity payment is. Licenses and permits, that's where the um, building permits are hitting. And then on our interest uh, investment income, um, that's, again, slightly... Um, less uh, investment income um, due to market conditions compared to what we estimated. So about $400,000, a little bit less than that ahead. I'll turn it over to Laura for um, the expenditures. Uh, so this chart here shows us a breakdown by major of um, how we arrive at that $840,000 projected surplus. Um, as you can see, uh, we're coming up slightly short in the revenue sources that are budgeted out in the agencies. Um, the projected deficit uh, in salaries is um, is uh, slightly less than the surplus that we're projecting in benefits. A lot of that is related to um, non-annualized pay types um, that are hitting in, uh, our salary major. That's things like overtime, uh, premium pay, uh, leave payouts, things like that. Um, if we take a look at the non-personnel expenditures, um, the uh, million-dollar projected surplus in purchase services is primarily uh, related to the snow surplus. So just kind of breaking this down in terms of agency-specific revenue, we're projecting um, a $610,000 deficit. Uh, this is primarily related to um, technical adjustments um, that need to be made uh, in various agency budgets. Um, 
partially uh, related to our transition into munis. We've cleaned a lot of this up in the 2017 uh, budget, uh, but we, we see um, the deficits here. Um, if you will recall from the first and second quarters, um, we were initially projecting um, perhaps a deficit in the area of fire permits, um, and those are um, looking like they're going to trend uh, at budget for 2016, and a lot of that is due um, to uh, staffing resources at the fire department deployed uh, towards uh, that effort. Uh, taking a look at salaries and um, fringe benefits together, those two um, majors are projecting a small surplus, 100, about $116,000. Uh, and if we look at what is driving um, the deficit, particularly in the area of salaries, uh, the biggest issue is related to staff time charged to the capital budget um, and get, getting those numbers um, correct. Um, we're also projecting sort of the most concerned conservative um, scenario for leave payouts, um, and those will hit uh, in the final payroll uh, of this year that's coming up later this month. Um, and then additionally, uh, staffing costs for the election exceeded what we assumed uh, in the budget, and uh, so that's part of the deficit there. Now, um, those overages are offset by vacant positions, so as of today, we have 113 vacant positions uh, within the general fund. Uh, if we take uh, shifting gears a little bit and take a look at overtime within uh, fire and police, um, we're projecting a deficit there of about $180,000. Um, that's primarily within the fire department, and we've seen overtime um, increase throughout the year. It's partially related to um, staffing needs uh, while the academy is going on, uh, but the department has also seen um, an increase uh, in use of sick leave uh, and injuries uh, that have uh, resulted in, in leave uh, and additional callback overtime. The police department um, uh, is projected to end the year at budget. Um, in the third and fourth quarters, they see additional activity uh, as it relates to the special events that they staff, things like uh, football games, um, freak fest. They were also anticipating activity associated uh, with the election. A lot of those items are offset by revenue that we receive, um, but the department overall is projecting to end the year uh, within their $2.8 million uh, overtime budget. Taking a look at supplies and purchase services, um, again, this is primarily driven uh, by surplus, uh, a projected surplus in the snow budget. So as Dave mentioned, uh, we, when we did the third quarter projection, we assumed uh, four additional snow events for uh, the remainder of the year. Um, and what's sort of helping us out there is uh, because of the mild winter that we had, even if we did have that most uh, aggressive snow scenario, we would not need to purchase additional salt or sand uh, because the inventory that we have on hand would, would be enough uh, for those four events. So um, what these numbers that you see before you assume the use of contractors for four additional uh, snow events uh, as the worst case scenario. As has been the case throughout the year, we do see some surplus um, in utility savings throughout the general fund. Um, that's looking like uh, we'll end the year with about a $500,000 surplus there. Um, and then uh, those items are being offset by uh, a projected deficit within the fire department of $125,000. That's for medical supplies, as they've seen uh, an uptick in uh, costs associated with uh, a variety of their drug and medical supplies. So 
shift it back over to Dave. So we'll um, turn back, uh, and now, based on that third quarter projection, and um, as well as more recent information, we put together every year a year-end appropriation resolution. Um, part of that's to address shortfalls um, or to true up um, budget authority within agencies, and then we have to do that in such a manner that we qualify for our expenditure restraint program payment from the state. So on the left hand of the slide, sort of our key issues, and we've touched on these in, in other meetings and in other contexts. We have shortfalls, uh, the largest ones in our fleet uh, service, internal service fund. That's a shortfall that's been growing over the last few years, and it's really the difference between um, what we've been charging the agencies for depreciation on the vehicles that fleet manages versus the depreciation schedule that we have in our financial system of record. And so that has um, uh, grown to about uh, $6 million. This, that act of addressing that shortfall will true up uh, the internal service fund moving forward, and we have recalibrated the, fee, the fleet rate starting in 2017 uh, to keep fleet on an even footing moving forward. In the insurance fund, uh, we have a $1.6 million, in effect, cash um, deficit there. That's the result of a real rapid ramp-up in claims, uh, as well as reserve adjustments, as we've had a series of very large um, claims. Some of them are officer-involved incidents. Some of them are um, vehicle uh, accidents that have resulted in fatalities. Some of them have been... Um, uh, employee uh, employment related um, issues and so um, we need to uh, put that amount of cash in to bring us back to um, balance on a cash basis and that will help with our uh, fund balance um, in that fund as well. We do have some history of putting in appropriations from the general fund into the insurance fund. We did I think a million dollars in tw 2012 and 2013 and um, we now have to do a large one here. Some of the other shortfalls that require an increase, the council budget needs $10,000 for postage. That's an appropriation increase that will be offset by revenue, but it is um, not, nevertheless a general fund appropriation increase. The municipal court, um, they're coming in about $90,000 under their estimate for court revenues. That has then a derivative effect in uh, transfer that's made to pay for programs in the community development budget. So we have to put in general fund dollars to replace the um, shortfall in, um, in court revenues. Um, now, sort of countering those shortfalls is the fact that we have a surplus in the um, uh, Metro Transit Utility and their fund balance. Um, and just trying to get back to my screen here. Um, they have a surplus right now of over $7 million. Under this resolution, uh, we would reduce the general fund subsidy to Metro by $5 million, and we would fill in that $5 million um, from Metro's fund balance. And that will leave them with um, still a healthy fund balance of um, between 2 and $3 million which, if we look back over the last six, seven years, their fund balance was as low as $100,000. So, you know, it's still in um, good shape there. The reason for the growth in that surplus has really been a combination of more um, revenues that uh, uh, the transit utility has brought in because of higher ridership combined with 
um, probably more conservative budgeting for salaries and fringe benefits than what was actually happening. So we were providing subsidy based on those budgeted amounts, but the actual costs were coming in less than that, and that was tending to add to uh, the surplus over the last two to three years. We also, in this re uh, resolution, will true up both within making transfers within major lines, major expenditure lines within um, agency budgets um, in response to the third quarter projection, as well as between budgets. Um, and those between budgets are we set aside money um, outside of agency budgets for fringe benefit costs. Most of that money will be transferred out to police and fire to pay for these sort of year-end leave payouts as projected. We'll be moving a portion of the snow and ice removal surplus to other agencies. A large um, element of that will be for election costs in the clerk's office budget. Um, and then uh, we do have agency revenue and capital cost adjustments that we need to make. Those are primarily happening in parks and in, um, where's the second one, is parks and traffic engineering. And then um, we also primarily are just aligning uh, agency budgets with actual costs, or there may be in some cases unanticipated costs that have to be addressed. So that's what the resolution is doing. And then it has to comply with the expenditure restraint program. So that's the right-hand side of the slide. So um, our payment in 2017 is estimated at about $6.8 million. So it's a significant state aid payment. Um, the maximum amount that our 2016 budget can be to qualify for that 2017 payment uh, in both the general library fund. This is a recent change. The um, Department of Revenue made an administrative change to include any funds in which property taxes are appropriated um, within the expenditure restraint program. Prior to this year, that um, the qualification had been solely on a general fund test. So they've added other funds that property taxes might be transferred to or deposited in. So anyways, under that new definition, $250.4 is our maximum budget. For 16, so we had an adopted budget of 246.3 million, and that's net of debt service primarily, and then um, any sort of revenue sharing payments that we make to other communities, and um, uh, recycling um, fees that we pay out. Um, so we have a 246.3 million earlier in the year. Uh, you as a council adopted a resolution to appropriate a million dollars to um, replace the election equipment that was. Um, uh, damage uh, in a flood, and uh, that was a million dollars. And then this year-end resolution will have appropriation increases of 7.7 .7 million. So that's the combination of those uh, four items under shortfalls, under key issues, and then appropriation decreases of 5 million. That'll be the reduction in the general fund subsidy to Metro. So we have a net um, general fund appropriation increase of 2.7 million. That'll take us up to 250 million, which is still under the um, maximum that the general fund budget uh, and library fund budgets together can be at um, and qualify for expenditure restraint program payment. So that's a quick summary of the third quarter projection as well as what's in the um, year-end appropriation that's before you right now. And we would be happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank you, Dave and Laura. Questions? I have a few if no one else does. Many of my questions were asked and answered in your excellent presentation. Thank you for that great summary. 
I think I'll start with, um, and I realize that either one of you could probably answer these, but, um, and this relates both to the third quarter projection and the end of the year res appropriation resolution, but I was curious uh, in terms of the um, uh, hourly fringe um, issue it, that we've talked about previously during the course of the year. Is that in part why um, the, well, I'll give an example, parks, if you look at the end of the year appropriation, uh, it doesn't specifically say in the body of the resolution if the $260,000 shortfall in parks, uh, what that relates to. There are two line items for parks on the mm -hmm. bottom of page four, at least in our printing of our packets. Mm -hmm. And I see 135000 uh, and the resolution says it's a uh, revenue shortfall for Parks Division. But then that second line item for Parks, the 260000 I don't see what that is. So there's a couple of things happening uh, in the Parks Operating Budget. Um, there is a shortfall in, project in revenue, um, in their agency-specific revenue, and then there are um, some issues in terms of charging staff time off to the capital budget. And so I would say those two items coupled are, are posing a bigger issue than the hourly fringe item that had come up in the past. So in hourly fringe, and we've talked about this obviously previously at this mm -hmm. table, but though, you know, those handful of agencies that have a much higher percentage of hourlies, like Homonona Terrace is another mm -hmm. example, those, I didn't see that called out here necessarily. So. Because All of those agencies were able to absorb that. Mm -hmm. And so really Parks is only mentioned because of the shortfall in agency-specific revenue yeah. and the charging a capital project issue. Yes. Thank you. So, as a follow-up, then, could you speak generally to the issue of um, uh, the agencies uh, charging capital projects? Was that related to the Munis transition in part, or... Do you think that this has been a practice over many years that we just haven't caught and Munis is truing up? Uh, yeah, so we've really moved to um, act, charging actual time to capital projects. And um, in the past, prior to Munis, we really were not doing that. We might be keeping track generally of hours um, in separate systems. But what would happen is we'd make a series of journal vouchers, you know, in effect accounting transfers at the year end um, to true everything up. So what we're doing now is as activity is actually occurring, the time is being charged to the projects. And in places like parks and to probably um, a greater extent in traffic engineering, there's a mismatch between what we had been historically budgeting as a general fund expense for those types of costs versus capital projects. And then as we move into a more real-time, real charging world of munis, there's, there's some truing up we've had to do there. And that has resulted in, in effect, a lot more of that activity than in the past being general fund related than being related to capital projects. And in your office's presentation of the 2017 budgets, were, were corrections made in this regard? You were able to 
Yes, to correct that early on in the process. We made some major, uh, you know, $100,000 worth of changes in both traffic engineering and probably to a lesser extent in parks to try to true that all up. Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, the 17 budget cleaned a lot of this up because we did have um, a sense of we were starting to accumulate trend data um, that we could sort of compare in an apples-to-apples way. Um, and I think that agencies um, and finance staff are getting more and more comfortable with um, sort of accurately projecting uh, how staff time will be deployed, uh, and we're getting better at budgeting that, and I would say that we'll see even as we build the 18 budget um, continued refinement um, so that we don't have these issues throughout the year. Great. If I could ask the same question about the shortfalls in agency-specific revenues that, you know, as we already mentioned, particularly hit parks and TE mm-hmm. and then also engineering, Moving forward with our adopted 2017 budget, did we also make some corrections in each of those agencies to realizing this trend? Yep. We cleaned quite a bit of that up, and I I would say there's probably – there may be additional technical adjustments as part of the 18 budget build, again, as we continue to refine and have multiple years of trend data that we can look back to more accurately uh, project this stuff for budgeting purposes. Great. Let me just see if all my other questions were covered in your presentation. I have one related to um, the Fleet Services Fund shortfall, actually. And I see our senior department head is here, so it's nice that we'll mention Fleet Services again just for Bill. Uh, my curiosity question, uh, Dave, is when you look at the enterprises that that are contributing the increased fleet charges in the resolution. It, it stood out to me the, the significantly higher number for the stormwater utility. Could you explain that, the, why stormwater is contributing? So, again, this is based on um, the vehicles or equipment that are in the inventory the fleet has. So this is just looking at um, vehicles that, in, in effect, are operated or used by the stormwater utility and their share of the of the depreciation for, to some extent depreciation costs I would say is, is all of that so some of that may be because they have newer vehicles um, like vectors or something like that because the street sweepers perhaps. and the street sweepers right Bill's nodding his head in the affirmative do you want to come forward since we're on city channel bill make it worth your while being here tonight too <laughs> I mean, the street sweepers are a prime example because those turn over every, every three years. So their depreciation expense is going to be quite higher, quite a bit higher. Um, so, so that's why that mismatch sometimes shows or why there's a bulge in their side of the budget. I appreciate that. Thank you. I think that covers all my questions. Do any colleagues have any Questions? Further questions at all? Seeing none, then we'll continue with the meeting. Uh, thank you again for the presentation and for the report. Those in favor of the motion to accept the third quarter projection report and adopt the substitute resolution will say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. That takes us to our final item on the agenda, and that's a staff update on the Garber Feed Mill project. 
And if I could look at, I guess, Dan and Matt, would you like us to go into closed session for certain? Yes, please. So with that point, I'll take a motion. I can get to my script. I'm happy to. Here we go. And then, Mayor, I would move that the Board of Estimates go into closed session pursuant to sections 19.85 sub 1 sub E and 19.85 sub 1 sub G Wisconsin statutes, which reads as follows. Deliberating or negotiating, purchasing of public properties, investing of public funds, or conducting other specified business whenever competitive or bargaining reasons require a closed session and conferring with legal counsel for the governmental body who is rendering oral or written advice concerning strategy to be adopted by the body with respect to litigation in which it is or, or is likely uh, to become involved. If the Board of Estimates does convene in closed session, upon completion of the closed session, notice is hereby given that we may reconvene in open session to consider this item without waiting 12 hours pursuant to Wisconsin statute section 19.85 sub 2. Is there a second? Second. On the question, all those in favor, aye. I need a roll call. Roll call. call. Go ahead. Eskrich? Aye. McKinney? Aye. Romo? Is it? Revere? Aye. Hi. Hi. Motion to adjourn. I move to adjourn. Is there a second? Second. All those in favor, aye. Aye. Opposed, no. Motion carries. We're adjourned. We're out of here. He's already gone. I'm on my way home. Madison's.